Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome to another episode. I'm happy today to have my friend and uh, DC 940 co-host Rick Medina joining those in the Dallas Fort Worth area may know him better as Funky Cold, but uh, he's been helping me out with the meetings in Denton for for several years now, since uh, 2018, when we started up the Pwn School meetings and then rebranded as the DEFCON group. And so Rick is one of these people that spends a lot of time uh, mentoring and helping others get started in cybersecurity. So I thought it'd be great to have him on as a guest. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Philip. Yeah, your new office setup is looking good. I appreciate it. It's a work in progress, but we're getting there. Lo- love the neon sign. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's my great <laughs> 80s vibe. I love it. That's cool. So uh, for those that don't know of you, uh, why don't you share your background, how you got started and what got you interested in yeah, security? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, man, I, I'll, I'll try to keep it as short as I can, but you know, going way back, you know, I can, I can remember like, you know, the first computer my dad ever brought into the house, you know, and just was just, just curious and interesting uh, to kind of see the inside of it and see what was going on in there and everything. And, you know, you know, a little bit more is, you know, my, my dad, he was a, he, he repaired cash registers back in the day, um, uh, actually in Ditton too, uh, which was amazing. Um, and he learned a lot on, on just that and circuit boards and things and taught me how to solder and taught me how to do a lot of things. And, I think mostly it was just curiosity, you know, that, that kind of kept me going and kept me, you know, wanting to learn more as he was bringing computers into the house and, you know, and, and seeing windows for the first time back when windows first came out on floppy disk and, and, and things of that nature and trying to install everything, you know, taking forever. But, you know, really at some point in time in college is really, really kicked off for me where I thought I knew what I wanted to do and I wanted to go into, uh, kinesiology i wanted to be a basketball coach and and just coach um but unfortunately they told me i had to take calculus and i was like no i'm gonna choose a different career path (laughs) it's too much math for me (laughs) um so which is odd because the career i'm in there's still math to be (laughs) there's still math at times um but i chose computer science and you know and i once i started that degree it just felt natural. It just felt like something that I could do. And, and I just kept with it, kept with it. I, I did an internship for a, a local school district. And um, lo and behold, like two, three years later, after my internship, they gave me a call and said, hey, do you want to come work with us as uh, you know, a desktop support person? I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll do that. Um, did that for about 10 years almost, uh, went from desktop support all the way up to network administrator and touched everything from the wall to the ceiling and ran cables and dealt with switches and servers and 
wireless networking and everything else in between, uh, as well as supporting, you know, customers too, right? You know, the teachers and, and students. But um, I wanted more, you know, as I was doing more in network administration and building accounts and building security around the network. And, you know, there was something that always really got me going, which was when there was an incident, hunting it down and, and going after, you know, and finding out what, what happened and who did it and things of that nature. Right. So that threat hunting ability, it just kind of came natural to kind of dig into things, this, this inherent curiosity. Right. So, um, I wanted more and security became a thing. It was getting more and more traction and people were talking about cybersecurity more and, and penetration testing and ethical hackers and, and everything. And I'm like, what is this thing called an ethical hacker? Like how is, how can a hacker be ethical? Cause I think, you know, a lot of people have this, this, you know, uh, idea that hackers are all terrible people. Um, but you know, I learned very quickly that that wasn't the case. And I learned that this could, this is a good thing, you know, um, that hackers are, are awesome people and, and you do a lot of great things, um, for security and for just in general things too. Right. Um, so I went down the path of trying to become a penetration tester and I wanted to get into hacking more things and become an ethical hacker and, you know, left that network administration job and, and, and went and worked for a, um, a, a sports entertainment team. Uh, sports, you know, it was a football team um, here in the area. And I think we could all figure out who that is, you know, but at, at the same time, I, I wanted to get in security too. So I, when I got hired on there, I was like, Hey, I'll do this support thing for a while. Um, but I have a passion and a hunger to get into security and that's what I want to do. So I started on that path of studying, reading all the books, taking as many classes as I could that they would pay for. Um, whether that was sponsored by a vendor or something, or if it was something outside that, right? So um, I, like most people that wanted to get into penetration testing, you know, went and took all the penetration courses I could take, try to get certified to be an ethical hacker or a penetration tester, and finally succeeded in that and um, learned a few things along the way. One of those things is I didn't want to be in compliance. <laughs> I, I wanted to be someone who got paid to like break things or poke at things and push all the buttons and just test things. So um, I learned quickly that I, I had to move on to another career and I got a great call from a, another local company to become a security engineer or an analyst really. Um, and then moved into an engineer role very quickly um, and learned a lot. I had a great team behind me and learned a lot there and, did that for about five years of doing security analyst engineer, as well as becoming a manager um, for that same team. So I was a security operations manager for a while. And uh, I learned a lot about managing people and, and understanding people's passions and their hungers and desires to want more and do more. At the same time, I still had aspirations to do a lot of things too. Um, something that I learned along the way through all this was I liked OSINT. You know, open source information, open source intelligence, like it, it just, it being able to just go out there and freely hunt and look for things that I wasn't supposed to find or just to poke at things until, you know, it gave me something I wasn't supposed to have, right? Again, that hacking mentality, right? Um, and it, it just, OSINT became my, my, my true passion and real hunger. And that's kind of where I'm at now is, is I'm focusing more on OSINT, but at the same time, I, I want to 
help and guide people that are in, you know, trying to get into this industry, um, who are trying to, you know, pivot into other things too. Right. I think, you know, my path has been very a natural path going from, you know, IT help desk support type stuff, network administration, uh, server administration, all the things, right. And then just pivoting naturally into security. It was a natural flow for me. So, um, I don't have a fun story that says, Oh, I was, you know, <laughs> a youth pasture and then turned into a security person. Right. Um, but at the <laughs> same time, you know, I think all the stories are, are unique in themselves, but you know, the things that I learned along the way, which was just, you know, passion, hunger, curiosity, those are the things that really matter. You know, all the other things are things that we can learn, things that we can uh, understand along the way. And as long as we have that, that passion, hunger, and curiosity, anything's possible. And, and I think anyone can get into this field and do things. And, um, and that's kind of why I'm here, you know, talking with you, Philip, is kind of, you know, kind of share my story there a little bit and then just, you know, help out where I can. Yeah, the story the stories are really important. An interesting thing about the podcast, you got people that have been in the industry for a while that think that's the piece that they enjoy the most, but people that are trying to get in, you know, finding these stories that they can relate to. You know, we have people on from time to time like myself that was out of high school and, you know, years later before they even got into anything computer related. And then someone like yourself that had, you know, someone in your life that was had some technology and got you interested. And one of the things I'd, I'd like is with, with your story is how that you're continuing that trend on with your son, you know, kind of helping him learn and feed that curiosity, which is good to bring up the the next, next generation. I really would have, would have wished when I was younger that I would have had something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. I, you know, I, I don't push it onto my son, you know, I want him to be curious and, 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 and kind of find his own path, you know, but if he finds a path that's in it or in, in technology in some form or fashion, like I'm going to, I'm going to love it. Right. I'm going to push him and motivate him as much as I can and at least give him the things that, you know, I didn't have or the opportunities that I didn't have necessarily you know, early on and just kind of really motivate him and, and give him that direction and where to go. Right. You know, and instead of going this way, hey, why don't you try this instead? Because I think you can get there a little bit faster, right? But at the same time, I also want to be respectful of his learning. I want to be respectful of his his choices at the same time, right? Because he may not be interested in the same things I'm interested in. You know, for him, I think uh, computer gaming is his thing, right? It, it, it's not really about the security part part of it like it is for me. But at the same time, I can at least, you know share my wisdom onto him and, and hopefully he can build a game that's, you know, data is not getting leaked or, you know, things if he builds his own systems or if he builds his own <laughs> platforms or whatever down the road that he, he has an understanding of what needs to be done to be secure and things, you know, in different worlds, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that cross over to it at the same time. Yeah. Speaking of crossover from helping your son, you know, try to learn technology and stuff. Does that experience help cross over in your mentoring of people that are older. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. You know, and you know, it, it mentoring for me kind of happened naturally through working in the school district because a, a few of the things that, you know, 
that happened in the school districts. And, and, I, and I've seen this story many, many times where um, high school kids or middle school kids or, you know, whatever grade level they are, get into a database that they shouldn't be getting into. Um, and the, the quick knee jerk reaction is to suspend them and kick them out of school and get rid of them and never let them back in school or try to tech to touch technology ever again. Right. Um, but for the, for the kids that kind of did that when I was, you know, a network administrator, I'd find them, see what they're interested in. And, you know, I took some of those kids and put them and made them part of our support for supporting students, it needs and kind of, you know, helping with building like a, a tech shop within the high school so that they could actually thrive there and learn more and, and actually help. Right. And, you know, it's taking that curiosity and knowledge that they had and applying it in a manner that may, that, that was going to benefit them down the road versus getting in trouble and causing more trouble or getting into more trouble down the road. Right. And it's just, again, kind of helping guiding them and, and getting, putting them on a, a path that is going to benefit them. Right. You know, um, I, I think, you know, at the same time, um, not to get into the, the whole generation topic of different ages, groups and things, but at the same time, <laughs> I, I do think there are, there are certain individuals out there that think things should just be handed to them and then, you know, not necessarily work for it. But again, at the same time, I think that with our shared knowledge that we have, we can also help these kids get there quicker. Right. So it's not like we're handing it to them. They're not just getting there, you know, and it's not being handed to them. We're, we're actually guiding them along the way so that they can learn um, and get to where we are faster, right? And it's not something that we're just handing to them again. They still have to earn it. They still have to work for it, but we as mentors can help them get there faster than we did. So if it took me 20 years, I'd love to see someone else do it in 10, right? You know, <laughs> get there faster um, <laughs> because that's what we should be doing. We should be bettering, you know, our, our next generation to get there faster and, and to do the same thing over and over again with the next generation, get there half the time. Right. So I think it's all, it's all good, but you know, yeah, a little rant. Apologize. Yeah, no, no, not a problem at all. I mean, this is great information. One of the things too, when you mentioned getting there sooner, because you know, some people that it's, some people it may be gatekeeping, but some people are just sharing their experience and they think this is the way it should be. Yeah. It took you 20 years to get to where you're at. There's some people that think, yeah, you've got to do all this stuff, do what I did to get to this level. But it's good that there's people like yourself that are showing people you gain the knowledge. You don't have to spend X amount of years in this to do this. So it's good that they've got those kind of examples. And for anyone listening, you know, you don't have to be on help desk. You don't have to do desktop support, network administration, or any of this stuff. If you want to be a pen tester, if you want to be a blue teamer, OSINT specialist or any of those things, you don't have to, to do that. One of the things like you and myself in our career is some of these other things you didn't know about until you were doing something else. You know, you're, I found security working as a sysadmin, you know, was kind of new at the time and you just have to discover those things, but it's good for people to know that you don't have to take all this time. There's some people that believe you need to spend X amount of time doing this or that, but I kind of disagree and, and it's good that people like yourself are trying to encourage people to learn, you know, and not, you know, think they have to spend so much time trying to get to that level and not really, because in some cases I think you hold people back. Maybe they get discouraged and thought, think if I got to spend 10 years doing this, 
then I go over here and do this and I could be working in that field quicker. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, you know, we, we've got the cheat codes. You and I got the cheat codes, right? So yeah. we, we can, we can, we can either share those cheat codes or, you know, we can hoard them for ourselves, but at the same time, and we, we've got resources, we've got, we know what books to read now. We know what, what, um, curriculum to share online and whether that's self pace, self teaching yourself or, you know, going the, the, the college route or going the cert route, you know, I, I think there's, there's so many options there, but, and everyone's different, right? Everyone's education path is going to be a little bit different. So I think, you know, as I said, we got the cheat codes. We, we can share them. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that's a good way of putting it. And for anyone listening, if you're wanting to get in this field, find a mentor, find someone else that's been doing it for a while. Because one of the things that, you know, early on my pen testing career, I had a virtual study group and we were studying for the OSCP. So we shared resources. And so sometimes it's a matter of sharing resources and mentors are good, but finding good information out there because there's some people that may have content out there that may, they mean well, but they don't know what they're doing and it may be incorrect. So you need those good sources, education sources. That's right. You can't trust chat, chat GTP to tell you the truth, right? Yeah. And you can't, and not all the courses on Udemy or all the videos on YouTube are accurate or good. So you have to watch for that. Even Vivek Ramachandran, uh, the, founder of Pentester Academy had put up a post on LinkedIn last fall sometime in, in regards to that. And, and it's really good because one of the things that before I got into teaching, I started out mentoring and sharing information with people wanting to be pen testers. But you know, you sort through a lot of information before you find these good resources or you find people to mentor you or people to share information with you. You can sort through a lot of things trying to find good information and it can be easy to go down the wrong trail. You may see something on one of these other learning platforms and think it's good advice and you go down that trail and you're just kind of, they may be leading you towards certifications that are really not needed for that field or really not helpful, you know? Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, to kind of add to the whole, you know, YouTube videos or anything else out there you find resource wise, it's, you know, sometimes it's just pure informational and you don't actually see, or there's no really good examples of putting it in action. I think that's the, that's the, differentiated there sometimes is seeing these individuals who just throw information out there versus, you know, ones that are showing it in action, right. Showing, you know, proof that this method works or this is the method that doesn't work. And I always like to watch the people that are making mistakes while they're doing stuff live and, you know, and recording because it's like, Oh, this is real life. Okay. People make mistakes. These things happen. Right. Um, so it, it, it's, it's good to watch, you know, and kind of understand, you know, where the good information is, whether it's a book, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's a college course. Um, but seeing, seeing that information applied and in use, you know, kind of gives them a good idea of what's going to work for you. So, so what do you typically recommend for people you're mentoring or come to you wanting to get into cybersecurity? How would you recommend them get started? You know, what, what I typically ask people is, you know, why? Why, why do you want to be in cybersecurity? Why do you want to know whatever aspect of cybersecurity? Like which, what, and then once I kind of understand the why, I kind of ask, you know, what's, what are you actually passionate about? Cause you know, it's, it's weird that, you know, you may have someone who's very passionate about, you know, medical devices and they, they're developing things for medical devices, but they want to get in security now. I was like, cool. 
you know, you know things about medical devices. Why don't you go out there and break medical devices? You know, you know those, right? That'll help you get in very quickly. Or maybe you're, uh, you know, you like cars, you know, and, and you're like, well, cool. Well, why don't you go hack cars? Why don't you learn how to hack cars? And a lot of the same principles across all the different things will, you know, will work. You know, most of these cars nowadays, the medical devices and all these other IoT type devices, they all have a web interface or some type of interface that you can interact with. So go poke it, you know, go figure out how to do it, you know, and, and do it safely and do it smart, you know, but try to find the why, the reason why, you know, I always want to know why, you know, um, and then what they're passionate about and then try to guide them in a direction that's going to help them kind of ease them into the cybersecurity, right? Kind of get them in an area where they can focus and put that passion with that curiosity together um, because I think once those things start to, to merge together, it just kind of starts to flow, right? You pick up on things quicker, you learn stuff faster. Um, you can read all the books about networking all you want, but if you're not passionate about it, what's, what's it, you're not gonna retain a lot of it, right? So I try to like guide individuals into those kind of things first and then recommend certain books, you know, recommend, networking books and security books and you know um well-known youtubers out there like yourself who are putting things out there or groups right trying to find a local group that you can go reach out to because you know it, it's we have to find our tribe right we have to find the people that we we can that we can you know talk to right that speaks our lingo that speaks our language um so that's another thing I tell people is find local groups in your area like DC 940 or Pwn School or Dallas Hackers Association, things of that nature. Like go find these groups. And if there's not one, create one. Because more often than not, there's other people in your area that also want to do the same thing you're trying to do and get into cybersecurity. So why not come together? Why not do something and start that group, right? Um, regardless of what your skill set is, start it anyways, right? Um, but yeah, I, I tell people to to reach out to others, to find a mentor that's in line with their things. You know, I, I may not always be the one, with, I don't always have the answers. I'm not an expert. That's what I tell people. I'm not an expert, but through my time doing this, I can point you in the right direction. I can get you to the right resources, or I might know someone that might be more of an interest to you. That, that might actually be a better mentor than me, right? Um, and, and I think that's also, you know, a good mentor as well as someone that says, hey, I may not be the right mentor for you, but I know someone who else that might be, you know? And, and I think that's that's good to do too because it, it helps them learn, right? And we need, we need more cybersecurity folks. We need them in the industry. We need them to, to get in here and, and start doing things. So... Again, you know, to answer the question, you know, and kind of bullet point it, you know, find out what you're passionate about, find out what you're curious about, um, find local meetups, groups, individuals in your area, talk to them. If there's not one, create one. Um, and then we can start going down that book path and what to go look for, what not to look for, right? Um, based on what you're interested in things of that nature. Um, not everyone has to go after and become a CISSP, right? Um, 
not everyone needs to be a penetration tester. Not everyone needs a degree. So it just kind of really depends, you know, where you're at in your life and where you want to do. And, you know, uh, anyone can do this. Honestly, anyone can. Yeah. And I like that, that not everyone has to be a penetration tester. Cause one of the things is that's kind of frustrating to see. Well, I guess it's not, it, it's good that people out there like yourself are encouraging people to try other areas because there's some other areas out there that may, you may like a lot better. There's a lot of things. Thread hunting is really interesting. You know, the OSINT stuff is super interesting. So there's things out there that you may be more interested in. And a story that I like to share, and I've mentioned several times on the show was, uh, I used to work with this guy, us bank. And he was, when he was an IT, he was on the pen test team when I joined, but when he was IT, he was taking some SANS courses on digital forensics. And he finally decided, I think I'm going to take the SANS G-Pen course. So if I learn how to hack, I could be a better forensics person. He took the course, fell in love with pen testing and works on a pen testing team. Now, if he hadn't tried experimenting with something else, then he, who knows if he had liked forensics. I mean, it's yeah. some of these things are difficult enough. If you really don't like it, you're probably not going to stick with it. Yeah, no, that's very true, you know, and yeah, again, it's finding that, that passion, right? Finding what keeps you curious, you know, I, I think with those sense, like I'm constantly curious on new techniques and new things and, and what to do when something breaks, right? Understanding the tools, understanding how to get to a website and, and dig through it without a tool, right? Manually, you know, and, and that curiosity feeds into other things too. Like, I, I think I could have been a successful pen tester had I continued down that path of doing that but it wasn't what i was passionate about and so i decided to move past that you know and um i think that's how a lot of people get into cybersecurity is because uh, whether it's the tv shows or the movies that get them interested in and in, 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 it's always hacking right it's always penetration testing um and, and stuff that everyone wants to do but like you said there are so many other things to do in this industry, um, whether that's strictly penetration testing or web app testing or recon, you know, threat hunting. You know, we need more blue teamers, right? We, we need defenders. Um, I think every day there's a new article out there that would have been stopped had we had more defenders looking at things and going through logs and looking at stuff, right? And hunting through that stuff. So... We need defenders. I mean, I think every day the, the news tells us we need more defenders out there, right? So there's so many things um, that you can do in this industry. It doesn't always have to be pen testing. Yeah, that's that's so true. And and, and it's good to see see more of those messages. Get out. I guess some people getting into security here about the, the certified ethical hacker certification, and that's the path they go. They don't really not aware of the other areas. So it's good that people like yourself are, are sharing that. So as far as any kind of certifications, do you feel like certifications or degrees are required for someone to get into security? I don't necessarily think it's necessary to get into security. I think it does help some folks get into security. I think um, those types of things, certificates, degrees, um, will definitely help open doors. I think they're very... This isn't a knock on human resources folks at all, by any means, <laughs> but it kind of is. 
but it, it's it's they're they're HR friendly type things to have, right? There are the things that HR folks are looking for. They're looking for those key buzzwords and degrees and certifications and all the other things. Um, and it is something I think will help folks get into the industry. Um, is it necessary? No. Um, the only thing necessary is time, patience, hunger, passion, curiosity, right? All those things are necessary. A degree, certification, they're nice to have. Um, they will open doors. They'll make the door wider. Um, but at the same time, like mentioned earlier, getting in connection with local meetups, local groups, you're going to meet managers. You're going to meet other people who work in this field. Those people are your advocates. Those are the people that once you start showing up and start showing that you've got that, again, I'll say it again. I'm going to overuse these words constantly. When you start showing them you have that passion and hunger, they're going to see that, right? And then once they see that, they can spread the word. They can say, hey, I got this kid over here who wants to get into it, and they're very passionate about this, and they're very hungry, and they want to get in here and start doing stuff. They'll do anything. They just want to get into security and start things, right? And start going. We are your advocates, me and you, right? We're, we're advocates for those people trying to get into the industry. Um, and we got to continue to do that for them. Um, so you don't need a degree. You don't need a certificate. If you want it, go after it. Go do it. I, I'm not going to say it's not required. I'm not going to say you don't need it. If you want it, go get it. HR will tell you you need it, um, but you got to get past what I call the HR firewall, and you bypass that by knowing folks, knowing the individuals with the cheat codes to get you past that HR firewall. You have to get on the access list, exactly. access control list. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, once you're once you've got that, you're in, right? You know, Bob's your uncle, or whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> However you want to say it, right? You're in, you're in right? So it just, again, it goes back to, to, to us helping them, right? And, and that's what we got to continue to do is we got to help, help the ones coming up because, you know, we can't do this forever as long as, we, you know, as much as we want to, Phil, we, we can't do this forever. Yep. <laughs> we need that's people true. to take our jobs and do it for yeah, us. And there's just... And there's just too many jobs out there that people aren't filling yet. And yeah, yeah, need fresh minds too. Cause another thing is too, is after a while you just kind of, as people lose their passion and kind of get burned out on it, you need that fresh blood coming in to, with, with new ideas and stuff. And, and yeah, very much passion. so. It's definitely, you're, you're, you're spot on. You definitely need those fresh eyes, fresh minds, um, to look at things in a different way, you know, um, Hopefully, I never use, I never lose that passion, uh, that, that curiosity. I think, <laughs> I think I'll continue to have that as long as I'm in this field and industry. I, I, I've even started like thinking about retirement stuff. You know, I'm, I'm 20 plus years away from that still, but still, you know, what do I want to do when I retire? Right? You know, um, I still see myself doing OSINT related things in some form or fashion. Right. Um, so I'm looking for opportunities for that too long-term. Well, we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is there anything that you'd like to share that we didn't discuss? 
Uh, I can't really think of anything. I mean, it's it's been an honor to be on here, and I've seen all the other folks you've had on on the show, and you know, I'm I'm glad to be part of that unique group of individuals that you've had on the show, you know, prior to me and and everything. And um, I I think you know, I'll say the words again, <laughs> you know, passion, curiosity, hunger. If you've got those things, you could do anything. Doesn't even have to be cybersecurity. You could do anything with those three things. Great advice. Thanks for for taking time out of your schedule to to be on the show, and thanks for all your advocacy. Advocacy. <laughs> I can't talk right. And uh, mentoring and stuff that you do for the community. You know, the community needs more more mentors. So it's great to have someone like you. And I appreciate all your efforts and help with uh, DC nine forty. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Phil. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.